cheating on a diet represents the proverbial cornerstone of self-sabotage. Listen as Dr. Cashy dives into internal and external factors of self-sabotage, specifically with eating and with a specific focus on negativity. But this approach to negativity might surprise you. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And today's episode, things are getting super negative. As you can tell, I also have negative buttons. Negative? Good. Good. What every dieter needs to know. And how to get it to work for you. And it's different from what you think. Mm-hmm. Time to get it on. But first, here is what you're learning. Here is what you're learning. Mm. Insight into your self-sabotaging eating behavior is the first step to resolving it. How to discriminate between helpful and harmful negativity. And how to use negativity in a rational and constructive way working for your body instead of against your body. Let's get into it. Time to get into it. Being aware of your self-sabotage is the first step to resolving it. Self-sabotage has three modifiable internal factors and two modifiable external factors. Internal modifiable factor one, distorted thinking. Number two, intense negativity. And three, sabotaging actions. When it comes to the two modifiable external factors, you have your environmental stimuli, and interpersonal stimuli, your relationships. The more awareness you have of these factors, the more respect you have for their influence on their outcomes, more more respect you have for their influence on your outcomes. Similarly, the greater your understanding of their influence on your outcomes, the greater your position to modify your outcomes favorably. It pays to focus on intense negativity first. So that's where the focus is going to be first. Feelings. Although insanely powerful, are simpler to describe and categorize. Accomplishing this is as straightforward as you are honest with yourself when asking, what do I feel? It is normal, it is totally normal, if this generates conflict immediately, even if it's a little bit. It might appear as if some feelings are competing with each other. Maybe you instinctively exaggerate or downplay what you feel. Sometimes you're pressured to align with the surrounding environment and people. Also normal, it's just plain difficult to be open, especially when harboring bad feelings. Typically, especially when you're alone, this resolves itself immediately, as evidenced by belting out and dancing to Taylor Swift in the shower, in the car, in the kitchen, or any other place where you think you are alone anyway. (laughs) For that reason, if any negativity is eating at you, then it will be simple and straightforward to recognize it and take note of it when you're alone. That is a good place to start. Because this exercise can be immensely difficult or light and easy, depending on where you are and how you feel and who you are with. That means there's there's kind of an intuitive understanding that some feelings are relatively helpful and some feelings are relatively harmful. However, what might be new and interesting to you is that all feelings can be helpful and all feelings can be harmful. And TCAN is the only program out there with designs to distinguish specifically between helpful and harmful negativity. 
others teach you to only focus on the good stuff, uh, teach you to lie to yourself, hoping magically that you turn the bad into good, whatever that means, uh, or to ignore it entirely in favor of blindly marching on in hopes things spontaneously work themselves out, replacing the coaching you need with weak, weak, weak motivational quips like no pain, no gain, and trust the process and other garbage like that. TKN's internal studies indicate that your negativity can actually be quite useful and has the pieces to that puzzle because it's the coaching program that embraces and respects negativity for its potential usefulness. Again, others, surely you've experienced, have tried and failed to trick you into ignoring it, suppressing it, avoiding it, or just plain taking it into the taking it in the chin because it'll build your grit, or whatever arbitrarily stupid term is popular right now. And even more deployable, they will ignore it, suppress it, and avoid it if you are honest and open about it. Comment your experience with that below. That's interesting stuff. Time to explore this problem together a little more. Well, Dr. Keshi, it all sounds great, but how do I know when negativity is helpful? And that is a fabulous question indeed. It starts with the following axiom. Every time something goofs up, or you goof up, you create helpful and harmful negativity. Therefore, since you made it, you have some influence over it. Unless, of course, you give that influence and control away by victimizing yourself or by categorizing your negative feelings as bad. In such cases, you are now justified to think and act in a distorted and sabotaging way. Think about it this way. If you overate and then felt disappointed in yourself, thereby raising concern over your mind and body working together so that you can succeed instead of, well, against each other, prompting sabotage, this negativity is a tool such that the outcome prompted you to acknowledge your mistake and reinforce your preferences. This means you're in a better position to achieve what you desire. Is this a negative outcome? Yes. Is this a helpful outcome? Yes. Therefore, this negativity is helpful. If you overrate and then immediately generated anger and hostility toward yourself because of how stupid you are and how useless your body is, well, then it also fosters anxiety over your mind and body working against each other prompting more sabotage. This negativity is a cognitive poison, such that the outcome prompted you to acknowledge your mistake, categorize it as a disaster, and then reinforce the need, the need for godlike demands you have on yourself. This means you're in a worse position to achieve what you desire. Therefore, this negativity is harmful. Do you prefer to be better, or do you demand that you're perfect? Comment what you think will take you further. <laughs> If you robotically overate and, and packed it on apathetically, then you'd by default be indifferent to the outcome until you, you until your, your I don't care <laughs> hits the I've had it threshold. <laughs> then your impulsivity lumps you right into the harmful negativity. And this beelines your distorted thinking right into demands and a twisted sense of fairness and entitlement to your outcome, a low frustration tolerance and a recipe, you know, and this is a recipe for, for a sabotaging disaster if there ever was one. You make your negativity worse, more intense, the more you feed it the distorted thoughts and sabotaging actions that arise from it. In other words, you become negative about your negativity. And this compounds itself until you're too crippled and overwhelmed to be rational, constructive, and persistent, which means you'll be packing on even more, including more negativity. Toward, toward a solution here together. 
You draw the line between helpful and harmful negativity by respecting it and being active in its development into a tool instead of passive in its festering into a cognitive poison. Being rational and constructive in the face of negativity tunes it into something relatively helpful. Being impulsive and distorted in the face of negativity turns it into something relatively harmful. These are the same feelings, but you are the one influencing their intensity. That's the kicker. Avoiding negativity, suppressing negativity, pretending it's absent, or even attempting a magical transmutation of negativity into positivity are all miserable and misery-inducing ideas. For this to work, the whiteboard of wisdom needs to come out for one. For this to work, your stimulus, your, your intensity of negativity has to be intense enough to exceed your, your action threshold. It also needs to be intense enough such that it stays below your helpful sabotage threshold. So this is the, the negativity sweet spot zone where if, if, it's, if the intensity is too low, it amounts to, to essentially nothing. If it is too high, well then you, you get into really paralysis and crippling anxiety and self-sabotage and all sorts of other nasty stuff. And then in this zone right here, the, the sweet negativity zone and that intensity, that's where, that's where the rational and constructive application of negativity occurs. Controlling what you can feel, though, at any given time is by and large a ridiculous task. <laughs> what you can control is how, how intense the feeling is. When you control the intensity of a feeling, then you influence how helpful or harmful it is. It's still the same feeling. <laughs> if negativity can be helpful, indeed extremely helpful, then that means feeling negative is more than okay. And TKN has that solution to make it work for you. However, it is absurd to think you can magically transmute this negativity into positivity and make it useful that way. Instead, the control you have over this negativity lies in your innate capacity to make it worse than it actually is. The distorted thinking and sabotaging behavior, that's, that's, where, that's where that other stuff starts to come in. And that's what Coffee with Cashew is covering in the coming episodes. Time to summarize this stuff a bit. If you are negative about things like your body weight, body shape, and, and being fitter, for instance, you now have the option to bring awareness to that negativity, tune down the harmful negativity, and respect the helpful negativity, and use that as a legitimate tool to solve your problems. Being concerned, bummed, irritated, and annoyed about your body weight, body shape, and fitness is relatively helpful. You create more time for yourself. You become more persistent with getting enough nutrition, being active, and you are more receptive to feedback that helps you change faster. Being anxious, depressed, hostile, angry, all those things about your body weight, body shape, and fitness is harmful. You will start obsessing. And that robs you of the time and brain power so that you can persist and you'll be resistant and even offended by the feedback that helps you change faster. This means that you continue to look and feel bad and watch it helplessly get worse over time. Or maybe you do make some changes, but like what happens is you're too good for them. You're too good for the changes you make. Any rate of progress is too small and too slow when you're under the pressure of godlike demands and disasters are around every corner. Good luck with that. No, really. Continuously reinforcing that your body, the universe, and everyone in it owes you something is quite an exhausting and disappointing way to live. 
It's best to embrace rational, constructive, and flexible alternatives so that you can resolve your problems and align with your preferences and desires instead of fighting with them. So here's what you've learned. Some insight into your self-sabotaging eating behavior is the first step in resolving it. How to use negativity in a rational and constructive way working for your body. And again, rational and constructive negativity is, is the solution to self-sabotage in this instance. TCAN is the only program with designs to foster rational and constructive negativity. So if you're interested in having negativity work for your body instead of against it, then tell Dr. Cashy by sending him a message and leaving him a comment because he gets back to all of them. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>